0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good
1: morning, you're with Melissa Idris, Julian Ng and Ibrahim Sani right here on The Morning Run on BFM 89.9. It's now 9.35am and time for the S&M show. (laughs) This week, we're going to be looking at the ringgit and also the telco sector. So let's start with the ringgit first, guys. Uh, The ringgit hit a three-month high of 4.15 on the 31st of January. That's the highest since uh, October, when the ringgit set at 4.13. And in the month of January, it climbed 3.3%, which is the uh, highest in emerging market currencies. So the question is... Are we seeing a rally in the ringgit?
0: Yes, we definitely are. And how times have changed, right? Remember when the ringgit w- fell from three to the US dollar to three fifty? We were in so much pain, and mm. now that the ringgit is uh, strengthened from four forty levels to four fifteen, and we are wheel cutting across the skies <laughs> and. Uh, It's it's really changed.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the reasons could be the oil rebound. I think that would be a big contributor because if you imagine uh, between the uh, weeks of the third and fourth week of uh, January last month, uh, Brent rose actually $28 uh, per barrel to $35 per barrel. Now, uh, on the basis of $28 per barrel, that's a 25% increase. So I would... Still, make a case that uh, the ringgit is actually hugely tied to the uh, oil uh, as being uh, determinant whether or not our currency can rise or fall sharply.
0: Yeah, it's really a mirror image. I interviewed Top Glove this morning, and the stock price was uh, the darling of the stock market last year. Uh, but definitely, uh, because they are a U.S. dollar proxy, the stock price actually mirrored uh, that of the U.S. dollar.
1: Well, you know, I guess um, according to some research houses, they do think that this rally is uh, sustainable. He said, uh, according to Maybank Investment Bank, the head of uh, the regional head of retail research says that his currency t- team is forecasting four and four 11 cents against the US dollar for the year that's not
2: bad I mean firing it uh, 11 cents is still well uh, you know below the, the 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 currency rate that we saw and enjoyed early last year but still it's if a
1: far c- cry from the 370 yeah p- or even three
2: dollars10 cents the time when I was actually buying aggressively on App Store uh, but <laughs> I think at 411 it's still
0: a good rate to go by actually now I think the worrying thing about it is how sudden the policy has become and Ibrahim, uh, you spoke to Chris Eng this morning about rising policy risk. I think that's something that I'm worried about because uh, a, a desperate situation always cause people to do silly things, right? And if the government is just acting and reacting to what's happening out there, uh, in the outside world, uh, the ringgit falling, uh, oil price crashing, then uh, it can sometimes uh, reflect in policy. On the one hand, you can call it, uh, uh, you know, uh, planning, right? Mm. On the other hand, you can call it a, a kind of, re- uh, you know, knee-jerk reaction.
2: Yeah, yeah. So this is exactly what Chris Eng was arguing about. Usually, for levy increases or decreases, usually we talk about it during the budget uh, setting, uh, and that's when you can actually prep the market to actually brave these kind of frontiers. So. Yeah, Yesterday we saw the foreign levy for uh, foreign workers levy increased by about two hundred percent in some cases, uh, uh, where the government has actually expressed a uh, possible earnings of about 2.6-2.5 billion ringgit in revenue. But yesterday, because of this so-called knee-jerk reaction, uh, sell-down in plantation stocks yesterday saw a wipeout of five point five billion ringgit in value from the boards from Bursa Malaysia. So you know you want to grow your cash earnings in revenue, but you lose your value in, in on the stock markets now. This is the exact reason why policy risk is such a big thing to look at if you prepare yourself for the markets.
0: And one measure of, um, of one source of desperation of the government is, of course, the 1MDB saga, mm. which refuses to die, right? Uh, everybody thought that this year would be a year where we get over 1MDB, because last year was the main year. And now, uh, you know, there's all this news uh, coming out of Saudi Arabia, coming out of Goldman Sachs.
1: Yeah, well, coming up from the Swiss authorities, coming from Singapore authorities. Uh, yeah, you're right. The, the dust is being kicked up all over the 1MDB issue uh, all over again. The ring get weakened. Uh, 1.3% to 4.20, I think, against the dollar. That's the steepest loss since November that we saw yesterday. So, I guess, very much affected by issues like 1MDB.
2: So, this is, you know, what we're talking about right now is Uh, political risk. So, not only do we have to contend with policy risk, another uh, front that we have to combat and battle with and and actually deal with head-on is the political risk that is facing this country since, well, since forever, actually. But this political risk has been intensifying in the past few months. Now, you cannot help but sympathise those that are affected, whether or not this is actually well-orchestrated by the powers that be, you have this really far-left conspiracy theorist's Uh, Arguing that uh, you know there's a there's a there's a power that is trying to topple the government uh, democratically, like the government. But I don't know. It's just too bizarre that all this happened in a very concerted manner. Well,
1: well, the other the other aspect of this is the fact that we're getting so much coverage in international press. I don't know about you guys, but almost every international paper has written in some shape or form about the 1MDB scandal, right? I think uh, including the Onion. Really? (laughs) Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I would put the onion at the same level of, say, the Financial
0: Times. (laughs) (laughs) I do. (laughs) Well, you know, also cue in, uh, you know, the the Darth Vader music for uh, Dr. Mahathir, right? Coming in, (laughs) asking all these questions. How how does uh, the Saudi party have so much money to give away? What is his business? What is his bank? How was the money transferred? What documents are there to prove this kind of thing, right? And, uh, you know, and then you add on top of that, uh, the, the Goldman Sachs banker who arranged that loan yeah. is now on personal leave and then Singapore has started investigating into uh, um, private bank um, account managers as well in Singapore uh, that guy who handled Joe Lo's account yeah. is being investigated actually well. I think
1: it was the uh, Singapore Straits Times Singapore Business Times they for the very first time in this whole investigation named that guy Ya Chi. I have also now named that guy he if was he
0: <laughs> services you at any point in time you have made it uh,
1: call us <laughs> <laughs> call us let us know uh, relationship manager for JOLO also relationship manager for 1MDB Global Investment ABBA Investment SRC International all these 1MDB linked entities
2: so if there is an argument that the markets are very well linked together it's this st- story of the 1MDB because despite the Malaysian A- uh, AG Attorney General actually absolving the Prime Minister of any guilt j- just what Julian mentioned about five mi- minutes ago we thought that was the end of it but no because of market risk because of policy risk because of political risk everything is in and like it or not, we have to face this fronted together. I,
0: I think, yeah. I think there is another wild card that we've not talked about that that may spell woe for the ringgit if it happened, right? And this is the idea of a president Trump. <laughs> um, it might be unlikely he lost the Iowa caucuses last night, uh, but uh, actually, Trump, uh, regardless of what he says, his p- politically incorrect gaffes and so on, but actually, a p- president Trump is going to be good for the US market. I mean, he wants zero corporate taxes. He wants to dismantle the TPPA. He wants to protect American corporate interests. And that may actually channel a lot more uh, money flows back to the United States and strengthen the US dollar in that process.
2: Absolutely. In fact, you are dead on
0: on that. And the reason is because, the way
2: I would argue, is that one thing that we learned from yesterday's uh, Iowa caucus or primary, whichever it is, I, I lost caucuses. caucus. caucus <laughs> there you <laughs> go, Iowa caucus. Is that Bernie Sanders was not expected to reach that close to Hillary Clinton, and well, Trump, it was a
1: virtual tie. It was
2: a virtual tie, actually. Yes, uh, and and Trump was second in the race. You know, just roll back the times. Uh, you know, six months ago, he wouldn't have been in the top ten. The reason why Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. As or President Trump, as you put it. Uh, not yet, not yet. <laughs> if a- if, if quotes, it happens. If you can see yeah. us on
1: radio, air it's quotes It's because President
2: they are Trump. honest. One is an honest businessman who doesn't mind being labelled as a crook. What? The other doesn't mind being labelled as a socialist.
0: So <laughs> Socialist, Demo- socialist, De- <laughs> Democrat. democratic, 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 yeah, democratic. Yeah, so socialist. So, so, so um, just, just to tie up what you're saying, right, um, a President Trump would be good for the US dollar, a President Sanders would be good for the ringgit. I'm, I'm voting for Sanders. <laughs>
1: okay. Wow, I, I, that was a great sound by Julian. That sounded like a like a campaign ad. This <laughs> message was approved by Bernie Sanders. Okay, today we're looking at the reallocation of uh, spect- the spectrum as announced under the revised budget 2016. So what happened was MCMC said that the 900MHz and 1,800MHz spectrum will be reallocated among Salcom, Digi, Maxis and U-Mobile by August. And the full implementation target date is July 2017. So uh, players now will be charged a fee for the allocated spectrum.
2: Yeah, and uh, this fee is going to be uh, quite interesting because uh, there is a statement that came out of Maxis, actually. Uh, they said that they refer the MCMC's uh, statement of reallocation and they said that, that they note the decision to convert the annual apparatus assignment fee to an upfront Spectrum assignment fee uh, with long term certainty for the spectrum. So they recognize that this fee needs to be I- seen in the perspective of the continuous high investment level that the industry will need, including Capex. Uh, and uh, they also note that the commission's focus is to expand the available spectrum for mobile broad- broadband, notably the 700 megahertz, not just the 1800 megahertz, but the 700 as well, as well as optimizing the higher b- bands, including the 2300 megahertz and 26 megahertz. So there's a lot of uh, debate whether. Or not uh, the optimization of these bands are being in place, and there's also a huge debate of whether or not MCMC is doing this. In the interest of the consumers, or the industry, or for themselves, so or to, to raise revenue. J- right?
0: Just to translate what uh, Ibrahim has said to English, uh, it means <laughs> the government wants more money, la.
1: And they are going to the telcos for that money. Okay, so I guess I guess they are taking a leaf out of Thailand's book. Uh, Thailand, in last year, they had a spectrum auction. They raised 28 billion ringgit for the Thai government. Um, and I guess you know someone here in Putrajaya said, "Hey, let's let's do that as well. Maybe we can raise some money here."
0: This is an indirect tax on uh, mobile phone users, right? Because you you are uh, essentially going out there to all the te- telcos equally and charge them a certain amount of money and this kind of cost is definitely going to be passed on to the consumers so this is like a tax that's being passed on to the consumers to raise money. Um, There may be some lagged effect on when telcos can pass it to consumers but definitely they would definitely have to think of a way to cover their costs.
2: But to be fair on the uh, the government uh, uh, angle, I think uh, we are already on the road of taxing for consumption. GST is the biggest headline for that notion. Uh, But if you, you, if you consume mobile, you're supposed to be taxed on it. Uh, now, indirect tax like this can be a sneaky way of getting more money. Uh, they could have gone with just a plain upfront uh, mobile telco tax of which they already charge us. Uh, and I think via GST… But this
0: is a kind of consumption tax. Yeah, it is. Right? It is this this levy uh, on the spectrum uh, is it's like uh, you know taxing the sin sectors because yeah. you mm-hmm. are so dependent on cigarettes and alcohol… But you're also dependent on your WhatsApp. You're also yeah. dependent on checking Facebook through your mobile phone. Ha- having so, having so internet connection you all you can't thing. wean that off. It's harder to wean that off than to wean Malaysian corporates off of foreign workers, right? I,
1: that's I guess <laughs> I guess I was thinking along the same lines, Jules. I mean, you know, you you said earlier about policy risk with the levy on foreign workers. This also seems to me. Um, from a business perspective another kind of policy risk right so suddenly the government's going to turn the tables on you say we're going to reallocate the spectrum now so you have to pay a fee for this it's going to impact some businesses more than others and uh, I guess there'll be some winners and losers in this case apparently U-Mobile is uh, going to be a big winner in this uh, spectrum reallocation but uh, companies like Maxis and DG how will that impact them?
0: Well according to um newspaper article from Starbiz and they were also quoting CIMB Securities uh, research DG will have to fork out about 1.1 billion for the 1800 megahertz spectrum and this will reduce CIMB's target price by almost 3% uh, also uh, CIMB also talked about Axiata uh, hiving of 4% of its value and max is about 5% of its value. You
1: know, So, manufacturers, construction companies, plantation companies, they're all kicking up a, fu- a fury over this uh, levy on planta- on uh, foreign workers. And I raised a little earlier the question of timing, right? Is this the right time to implement really tough measures? Can the economy, can businesses sustain this? Yeah. So, I guess I'm also wondering, is this the right time to, to in a way, Punish or put the burden on telcos to help you fill up your revenue.
2: All right. So again, to to be fair to the government, there's two things here. I mean, telco industry are not that much of a dependent, uh, bearing a dependent on foreign levy workers. So this might not impact that. Uh, piece of news for the telco industry but what could uh, be impacting this industry very very aggressively is that bidding process because we have a researcher according to Maybank IB Maxis presently has the highest gearing ratio among the big three so for sensitivity purposes uh, the for every impact of one billion ringgit auction fee uh, imposed on these individuals and versus that on net uh, debt versus EBITDA or earnings before income tax uh, we showed we, we can see that Uh, You know It is greatly Impacting all Three telcos Cellcom DG and Maxis And remember that It's a bidding process It could get aggressive It could get expensive We saw that Happening in Thailand Will it happen Here in Malaysia The answer is Well very well Because it's a bidding Process isn't it
1: Well okay So with the Thailand Situation right uh, They raised what uh, 28 billion ringgit That's a huge amount But there were A few reasons Why the bids Went so high So first there was Regulatory uncertainty there There was a presence Of an aggressive Disruptor And also some Uh, Prevailing spectrum constraints So Maybank IB They say Maybe the same kind Of aggression Might not be replicated Here in Mm. Malaysia Mm. Because the big three Telcos um, Are generally Rational and uh, profitably focused so they don't face cri- and they don't face critical spectrum shortage
2: yeah so you know two or three of that factor might be replaced but one thing remains the, the similar with Thailand and Malaysia that is regulatory uncertainty we can call it an uncertainty now because it is an, an uncertain kind of policy the way government introduces things so with regulatory uncertainty or, or as we dubbed it as policy risk will this actually aggravate that whole bidding process
1: you know, so, so I'm going back to the budget revision and in my mind, it feels like a bigger picture, right? It feels sometimes that the government is punishing businesses and uh, the economy to fill what whatever hole they have in their revenue. And sometimes they also, you know, the consumers get punished by consumption taxes. But w-
0: I mean, there are many examples of this. Uh, because the government w- can do it. Uh, yes. When you when you are reliant on a certain service, the government ca- can do it. We see it in alcohol. We see it in, on cigarettes. Uh, now we are seeing it in, in mobile companies. So uh, it's, as, as you put it quite rightly, Ibrahim, I think it's a kind of consumption tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... They do it because they can.
2: Okay, so we got uh, got a comment uh, from our, you know, uh, bit-stricken colleague. Uh, He said that um, he wants to draw the parallels of the Royal Dutch Shell's um, sale of the uh, SRC, or Shell Refining Company. Uh, Yesterday, we saw them selling at a 64% discount. Uh, So while, you know, we can talk about the poor financials and other uh, problems that they face, including cash-strapped, the parent side, is it a clear indication that SRC and Royal Dutch Shell, for that matter, the, they've probably had enough of uh, the, the policies that have been I, I this country. don't think
0: so I think that's a really long shot argument because it's so tiny in the big scheme of things for Royal Dutch Shell I mean this they're plowing down 54 billion US dollars uh, to buy over uh, BG group uh, right uh, and this shell refining sale is is peanuts I, I don't know. I, I don't think so.
2: Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, uh, well, we, we do expect companies to sell off at a discount coming forward because, you know, I'm taking that view uh, that uh, there will be a pessimism in the markets right now.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that talking about policy risks, also going back to how the government can mine for more taxes, is unfair to do it on consumers. It might be a little bit fairer to do it on uh, uh products that make you dependent so uh, will this drive down prices of other sectors like uh, the tobacco companies and the cigarette companies and the alcohol companies so that is something to watch out for i think
1: okay unfortunately we've run out of time it's now 9:55 a.m you've been listening to the snm show i'm melissa adris and i had with me julian Ung and ibrahim sani